This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com where you can find help with the Italian citizenship process. I am here with head of the U.S. Office of Italian Citizenship Assistance and Italian attorney Marco Permunian. Hello there, Marco. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Rafael? Thank you, man. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back here again with you. And we are here again to talk today about naturalization and how a naturalization of an ancestor or somebody in your direct line, uh, family line back to Italy can affect a person's citizenship um, case if they are making a claim through Jure Sanguinis. We have touched on this a little bit before, but I thought maybe today it might be good to get a little bit deeper into it because recently on ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com, you guys posted an article about this. And so I thought maybe it might be good to have a, a video companion to that and go a little bit into it as well. So... What do you think would be maybe the best place to start with this? Because it's a pretty big subject. The naturalization of your ancestor is a very important event because it may determine whether or not you qualify for Italian citizenship by descent. As we said many times before, normally if you have an ancestor who became naturalized before uh, their child was born in the U.S., then it is likely that you don't qualify for citizenship by descent. Instead, if the ancestor became naturalized after the child was born in the U.S., then it's likely that you qualify for Italian citizenship by descent. So I believe there is a lot to say about the naturalization of the ancestor, the naturalization process, the documents required. But a good place to start with is maybe the naturalization process and um, trying to explain how that works in the steps of the process. So for someone who emigrated from Italy to the US, the first step in the process was to file a declaration of intention. There were some requirements, meaning um, the person had to speak English, to not have committed any crimes, to be able to start and finish the um, application process. But the first step was filing a declaration of intention. The second step of the process was to file a petition for naturalization after a certain number of years, between three and seven years, depending on the year in which the person was starting the process. So the first step is the declaration of intention. The second step is the petition for naturalization. The petition for naturalization is the document through which you actually request to become a citizen, to be admitted to become a citizen of the U.S. And the petition could have been approved or denied. In most cases, it was approved, but in some cases, it could have been denied if the person had committed crime or, or if crimes or if the person didn't speak English fluently. And you can realize whether or not the petition was approved or denied from the back of the petition itself, because on the back, you can see whether the person's petition was approved and when exactly. And that's a very important date because when the petition was approved, which is not when the petition was filed, when the petition was approved is when the person became a citizen of the US and lost their Italian citizenship. So a question that I'm asked a lot is, does it matter when my ancestor filed a declaration of intention or a petition for naturalization? 
it doesn't matter. What counts is when he finished the naturalization process. So when the petition was approved, so when he became a citizen of the U.S., that's when the person became a U.S. citizen and lost their Italian citizenship. After the petition was approved, the final step was like taking the oath and, and just getting a uh, certificate of naturalization, which indicates when the person became a citizen of the U.S. Talking about the certificate of naturalization, I just want to point out that there are different types of uh, certificates and that the certificate of naturalization doesn't have to be confused with the certificate of citizenship. So the certificate of naturalization proves when the person became a citizen of the U.S. through naturalization. So that's a person who petitioned to become a citizen of the U.S. The certificate of citizenship was given to somebody who needed to prove that they held their U.S. citizenship. So, and, and you can recognize a certificate of citizenship because the number on top of the certificate starts with either A or AA, whereas the certificate of naturalization only has numbers. So the certificate of citizenship indicates that a person holds U.S. citizenship. And if the certificate number starts with AA, then it means that the person uh, became a U.S. citizen at birth because that person was born normally in a foreign country, so outside of the U.S., from somebody who was already a U.S. citizen, so a person born in the U.S. or someone who had become uh, a U.S. naturalized citizen. So the certificate holder is actually a U.S. citizen since birth, regardless of when the certificate of citizenship was issued. So it was very common for the person to request a copy of the a certified copy of the certificate of natural uh, certificate of citizenship when the person needed to prove that they held U.S. citizenship at some point in their life, but the certificate of citizenship clearly states that the citizenship was acquired at birth because the parent was a U.S. citizen. Uh, there is a different type of certificate of, not, of citizenship, which is um, the certificate that has a certificate number starting with A, which is the case of someone who became a U.S. citizen when they were a minor because the parent became a U.S. citizen when the child was a minor. Of course, in both of these cases that we just talked about, the descendants don't qualify for Italian citizenship by descent because the, the person who has this certificate of citizenship actually became a U.S. citizen either at birth or through the naturalization of the parent when the person was a minor. But so far we've been talking about the situation where there has been a naturalization. But sometimes there is the case where a person never became a citizen of the United States and never naturalized. And I remember in a previous episode that you had said that it's much easier to prove a positive than a negative. And I think we were talking about a very similar subject. Um, so in this case, how would you go about proving that negative? When the ancestor never became naturalized, you 
it's it's more difficult to prove it, of course, as you just said, uh, because if the ancestor became naturalized, all you need to prove the fact that it became naturalized is the naturalization records. But if the ancestor never became naturalized, you have to get letters from the offices that hold naturalization records saying that they have no record of your ancestor ever becoming naturalized. But as you just said, you're trying to prove a negative, so you will never be able to prove that 100% through letters saying that they have no records because your ancestor may have become naturalized under an alias or under a different version of their name uh, that you didn't search for. Consequently, to prove that the ancestor wasn't naturalized when the child was born, you have to produce other documents which indicate the citizenship status of the ancestor after the child's birth. And these documents are normally census records. So the census records, which were taken every 10 years, normally there are like some census records were taken like even every five years. But the census records, they indicate the citizenship status of the person. So if the census record says alien, through that document, you're proving that your ancestor was an alien after his or her child was born. Other documents that you may be able to find indicating the citizenship status of the ancestor are um, draft cards for World War One or World War Two, passenger lists. There may be some other documents. One other very important document that you can collect to prove that the ancestor wasn't naturalized is the alien file. Basically, it's a file which was held by the US government, but just starting from the, I believe, either the 30s or the 40s, I think the 40s, basically it's a file with documentation pertaining to a specific individual who wasn't a US citizen. So within the alien file, you will find many documents pertaining to the person, including um, petitions for naturalization which were never approved or like alien cards which some aliens were required to um, to have. So if you are able to locate the alien file for your ancestor, that's a very, very good document which proves that the ancestor wasn't naturalized when the child was born. Since you've discussed now just um, about what you have to provide if there was no naturalization, maybe bringing it back to that if there was in fact a naturalization, what documents would you have to provide in that case? Normally consulates require a certified copy of the Declaration of Intention and of the Petition for Naturalization, which you can get from the National Archives, from the State Archives, from the local courts, if you're lucky. Uh, or from the Department of States, the Department of States, so from USCIS. USCIS also will have the certificate of naturalization for your ancestor. But the thing is, USCIS only holds naturalization documents starting from 1906. And the majority of people who apply for citizenship have an ancestor whose child was born afterwards. So it's easy to prove the naturalization or the non-naturalization through USCIS. But if you have like an ancestor who had a child maybe 
at the end of the 1800, at that point, you can't really use USCIS because there were, they, had, they have no records uh, prior to 1906. So in that case, you have to uh, rely on the local courts, state archives, national archives to prove the naturalization or the non-naturalization. So just to clarify one point, would it ever be the case that you would find the naturalization papers in more than one office, or is it possible that you might have to go from one um, office to another office, depending maybe USCIS to state archives or something along these lines? Would that ever be the case? It's possible that uh, naturalization records that are held by one office and not held by the other office. In some other cases, they're held by both offices, so it's it's not It just depends unlikely. on yes. your luck, basically, what it exactly. comes down to. And then also something that we've spoken about in previous episodes is about the citizenship status of an Italian who naturalized after 1992. Uh, in that situation, just because we're on the, the subject of naturalizations, maybe would you like to just touch on that quickly about what would happen in that sort of situation? So far, we, of course, uh, referred to an ancestor who became naturalized in the U.S. prior to 1992. And the naturalization would have caused the loss of Italian citizenship. But if your qualifying ancestor is your parent or um, someone who became naturalized more recently, if the naturalization happened after 1992, it wouldn't have caused the loss of Italian citizenship. So even if you were born after, for instance, your father became naturalized in the U.S., but after 1992, then the naturalization of your father would be irrelevant because your father would have retained both, would have retained his Italian citizenship, and you would be able to qualify for citizenship through your father, who indeed become became naturalized prior to your birth, but after 1992. Of course, again, we have covered a lot of ground in this episode, so thank you very much for making yourself available to talk about this subject, and of course. If you are interested in more about the subject of Italian citizenship and especially about naturalizations, you can find an article about this subject as well as many other articles on the Italian Citizenship Assistance website as well as on this YouTube channel. And of course, if you are seeking assistance with the process for Italian citizenship, you can go to italiancitizenshipassistance.com and contact Marco and his team there. And of course, they're able to help you throughout the process and to help you make sure that it gets done right and done well. And also, of course, if you'd like to hear more about life in Italy as an expat and as a dual citizen, I have my own videos here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Furia. Of course, we have been here with Marco Peramunian, Italian attorney and head of the U.S. Office of Italian Citizenship Assistance, and I am Rafael Di Furia. Thank you so much for joining us again, and we'll see you all next time. Thank Later. you. Bye.